alpha particles, and radions. Call up your party protons, keep an eye on the seismic monitoring center, and bundle up to go walking in a nuclear winter wonderland. Because it's time to... Talk tall to me. <laughs> Depressing. The air tastes spicy. My skin's gone. Welcome back. I am Omen Sade. And I am Nick McGill. Together, we are, as ever, Feckless Moes. And this is Talk Tall to Me. A carefully controlled test blast in the uninhabited desert of Prague Rock, in which Nucleus, Nick, and oh my god, I forgot to shut the bunker door omen, will stock our state-of-the-art doomsday shelter with every single song that blast-proof prog rock band Jethro Tull ever released. We will calculate the half-life of Martin Beryllium Bar, ponder the proliferation of David Proton Peg, and try to contain the explosive power of Mark Critical Mass Craney. And if we are lucky, after years of negotiations, research, and treaties, we will finally harness the mighty flute fission potential of Ian Atomic Anderson for peaceful purposes. We- you know, nuclear flute, cold flute fusion is, is a much safer energy source. If we could just figure it out. It is, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's got a bad rap. It really does. Yeah. Uh, Omen. Hello. Hello, Omen. How are you today? How are you? This, oh, we're changing things up, everybody. It's a Thursday and we're recording. It's going to be wacky. Don't tell them. Uh, secrets. A peep behind the curtain. <laughs> it's so wacky, in fact. I think uh, this week we're going to do a little bit of one of these. What are you drinking? Nick, what are you drinking? You have convinced me, or you had convinced me, to try non-alcoholic beer. I've led you, after years of having tried to lead you into unhealthy habits, now the great sea of time has changed the tide. That's it. I am, uh, I, I never, I never swayed over into the bad i've only been convinced to be even better (laughs) thank you omen (laughs) i have myself a can of brew dogs pelotonia chain rattler pelotonia it's a lemon lime non-alcoholic flavored near beer oh lovely oh there we go sounds like a beer smells like a beer it's very, it's, it's very IPA scented. Okay. Oh, it's so good. The, the C- lemon citrusy? lime. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a hop soda basically. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and I, when I drank beer, I never drank more than one at, at mm. most, but I still always, it f- always felt so darn heavy. I think it's because these. I mean, do these have wheat in them? I don't think it's gluten-free, but there's something, I think it's, there's something more than just the alcohol 
that made it so heavy. Like these don't feel as heavy as drinking a regular beer, you know? Well, and alcohol is a sugar and a depressant. Ah, sugar depressant. That was the name of my speed metal band in high school. Yes, yes. Well, continuing the trend, I have over here one of my beers from the Athletic Brewing Company. Mm -hmm. This is a beer called Cerveza Athletica, and it is their take on a a Mexican lager. Now, a Mexican lager is is what? Like Corona? Mm. Sure. That that looks way more amber than Corona. Corona looks like like urine. Yeah. Well, if your urine looks like Corona, you should drink some water. But I think this <laughs> so, is... so drink a Corona. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's lovely. It's tasty. It's not as hoppy as some of the other beers that they make, but it's delightful. It has a, I mean, I I feel like I with the non with the alcohol free beers, I feel like I actually spend more time enjoying the taste because I'm not drinking them to uh, drown the the pain. Yeah, the sorrows in sugar and depressant. Yes. So Nick, oh. now that we are sufficiently lubricated, lubed up. We're going to dive into some emails. Mary Marley, if you don't mind, could you please? Mary and Marley. Oh, thank you. Uh, Marley, I, uh, I, 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 I see you've got yourself a, a drink there, too. What are you drinking tonight, Marley? I'm drinking the waters of the River Lethe. Oh. That I may forget, young Master Nick. Oh. Oh, Marley, what are you... Who do you need to forget? I mean, you forget to wake me up in the morning. And Who are you and how did you get into my bedroom? Mar- Marley, this is the studio. Your bedroom is in the unfinished basement next door. Just head back over there. What are these things on the ends of my legs? Marley, they're roller skates. Now get out of here. <laughs> oh, my God. He fell up the stairs. It's ta- talented, man. See, he's so talented. Can't wait for his book to come out. Oh my gosh. Can't wait for him to learn how to write. We have to decipher it first, yeah. Just just cuneiform. So I have in front of me a quick little uh, little email here from Oh my goodness, could it be to see the kindly Doc Savage writes in. It's been a little while. It's been a while. Most of the stuff comes through the Discord. Which, if you're not subscribed to, you should become a Patreon member and subscribe to the Discord so that you can see everything that Doc Savage and the rest of our wonderful Tall Skulls have to say. Precisely. Doc Savage writes in, however, this week. This came in just this morning. He says, you've probably already done this song. But just in case, here's an amusing story from this morning's press about how the green screen liar is actually some bloke's smart meter. So this is in reference to Filingdale Flyer. Yes. And uh, he sent me an article that says a smart meter rollout near the RAF base was stopped amid fears the device's signals could harm the warning systems so that they would maybe possibly set off false false alarms. Wow. And he, he continues and says, I'm sorry to send it to you from the mail website. 
a vile rag that I wouldn't usually use, but I'm still in France and it's the only place I can find which has reported the story. I'll get the Guardian version to you if there is one. So I responded, so is this the equivalent of me sending you something from Fox News? Uh-huh. <laughs> I was going to say, don't worry about it, but I get it. I'd be embarrassed to send anything from Fox News. And he says, yep, you've nailed it. The Daily Mail is a middle market right-wing tabloid, also Britain's biggest selling newspaper, uh. and a pretty precise barometer of what conservative voters are thinking on any given subject. Oh, there you go. It is a very good a good comparison yeah. then. It wields a certain amount of power, a fact it tends to use in a kind of scorched earth way. So yeah, Fox mm-hmm. News only written down. So uh, I, because it is coming from the Daily Mail, I will not be posting this link. I don't want to give them any traffic. But just a reference to the Filingdale Flyers and the, uh, the Green Screen Liar. Thank you for that, Doc Savage. Delightful. Thank you very much to the good doctor. Oh, and you have something as well, yes? Yes, Marley, in a confused roller-skated state, passed this to me as he was coming past. Remarkable. Here we have an email from Jimmy J, apparently from Australia. A new writer-inner as well, yes? A fresh new writer-inner. Subject, my first time tull tale. Message, Dear Feckless Moans, an old Tullite from Australia wants to thank you guys for having filled my codpiece <laughs> to overflowing in the last month or so <laughs> since I discovered your podcast. It's been so much fun, with hopefully much more to come, as it were. Ooh. Ooh. Loving your witty analysis. It delivers in typical Tull style, intelligent and funny in equal measure. However, I am worried, dear Momes. Why is it that every Tullskull is a lonely, slightly weird island amongst their (laughs) friends and family? Everyone that listens to you guys, including Moa, or Vernacular Verbose, or Stuart Wood, appears to have the same sad story to tell. They are the only person they know who likes Jethro Tull. Omen's anecdote about gifting his wife with a $5 copy of Aqualung is a typical tale reminiscent of, but not as humbling as my tragic 1977 attempt to impress the girl with my word-perfect recitation of this hare who lost his spectacles. <laughs> Even after me rolling my R perfectly on trembling, <laughs> she seemed to miss the genius of Mr. Anderson and Mr. Hammond Hammond. That still consumes me 45 years later. Was it the rabbit suit? <laughs> It still bewilders me that others don't get Tull. Thank God for the magical powers of the interweb. Because of podcasters like you, we lucky, like-minded momes have clubbed together, and finally I can get my fill of deep-diving into the daubs of Dante in a passion play, peruse your views on Baker Street Muse, and march alongside the mad scientist. Bravo, Omen and Nick. Love your work. Keep it up. Jimmy J. P.S. I listen through Spotify. How do I give you five stars? I don't know the answer to Spotify just yet. I, I, you said you've seen five stars. I don't see it. I don't see a star rating on my side of things. Maybe they're rolling it out. It's still pretty new. Just keep an eyeball on it. Just keep looking for it. That would be my assumption. And and it's surprising to me that you haven't seen it yet, Nick. But I, yeah, it makes sense to me that they might be rolling it out. You know, progressively, country by country. So you just have to wait until. 
it falls down to the land down under. It might be. I don't listen to podcasts on Spotify, so it might be. It might be podcast listeners on Spotify, but also regional. You know, who knows how they roll these things out? I certainly don't. You might have to have listened to a certain number of episodes on Spotify in order to be able to rate it in America. Yeah. So, so Jimmy J, come to America and listen to Talk Tall to Me, and then you can rate it, I guess. Leap on to your favorite speediest kangaroo. Hop on over. Is that offensive? Take the Kookaburra Express. What's the, what's, what's the, the mythical Australian creature that's like, that's a koala that f- drops out of the trees and like attacks people? A koala? No, I mean, it's, it's like a, it's like, um, it's a cryptid. Okay. It drops out of trees and, and bites you or and something? And attacks people, yeah. It's, wow. uh, oh, it's called the drop bear. <laughs> yep it's the carnivorous version of the koala oh lovely love it yep the well nick bear. without any further correspondencies drinkies or facties i do have some facties oh i'm so sorry please facts away but it's about the song facti factio is that your your harry potter spell factio <laughs> so this week what are we what are we talking this week omen Nick, this week we have the pleasure of listening to and subsequently talking to all about Protect and Survive. That is right. Protect and Survive, recorded June 1980 at Maison Rouge. This is the first one we've seen this album that was done in studio as opposed to the uh, the mobile studio. Oh, yeah. This is another one that where Take 5 was the master. Lucky number 5. Lucky number 5 here. From Ian, from the, the lips of Ian... The Lips and Flute Tongue of Ian, Protect and Survive was a government pamphlet published in early 1980 advising the public of what to do in the event of a nuclear attack. And that is pulled straight from the Steve Wilson A release that dropped like just a a year or two ago, I think. It might have been just last year. I don't remember. It's, It's so recent, though, that he mentions COVID in the booklet. It's always so jarring to read anything referencing Tull where, where Ian talks about COVID. Right. Tull is, is so, so far back in time for me that, but I mean, you got to think, think Zealot Gene. He's, he is still present and doing his stuff. So uh, this booklet is actually available online. Oh, the whole thing? Yep. Well, yeah, it seems to be. That's cool. The title, the cover reads, this booklet tells you how to make your home and family as safe as possible under nuclear attack. Well, how, how do you do it, Omen? Let's see. Plan, the chapter. I'll read the chapter titles. Planning for survival. Stay at home. Plan a fallout room and inner refuge. Plan your survival kit. Sanitation. Limit the fire hazards. <laughs> Has a little section on know the warning signs. Fallout, heat, and blast. There's some wow, yeah. very disturbing illustrations. I believe it. They're they're disturbing because of their starkness. Here's a section on fallout. Fallout is dust that is sucked up from the ground by the explosion. It can be deadly dangerous. It rises high in the air and can be carried by the winds for hundreds of miles before falling to the ground. The radiation from this dust is dangerous. It cannot be seen or felt. It has no smell. 
and it can be detected only by special instruments. Exposure to it can cause sickness and death. Yes, it can. So it's so for the science behind it, the dust is irradiated by the, of course, the, yeah. the nuclear particles, and it's the dust that that carries that radiation. Yikes. Yikes indeed. Let's remember that this was this was Cold War time. So yes, we we've experienced the bomb. For let's let's go back to Zealot Gene, Mrs. Tippett's little boy. That's when we first experienced the bomb, and thank God we've never experienced it elsewhere. But there was that time in the eighties where everyone was like, where everyone was was like, I'm going to push. No, I won't push the button. Are you going to push the button? Because if you push the button, I'm going to push the button. Don't push the button because I might push the button. Yeah, it's like like a couple of middle schoolers trying to hang up the phone first to. Yeah, just way less cute. Way less cute. Well, with that context, Nick, and I think it'll be pretty evident from the lyrics. I think we would have yeah. gotten that even without the, the the reference from Anderson. Although although knowing about the booklet is really, really fascinating. Yeah. Shall we go ahead and have a listen to the song? Yeah. Let's get into our tubs and listen to Protect and Survive. <laughs> Ooh, Nick. Zesty. Nick, I, I find myself so disturbed by this topic. It's it's very uncomfortable making, I'll give you that. Especially especially the way that Ian kind of gives it to us. Yeah. It's not... It, I'm going to go back to Oh, Wondering Again. Yes. I thought that, and I still think that, that that's a song about like that that takes place after a, a nuclear war, a nuclear apocalypse kind of thing. Sure, but there's like a sweetness to that. There's like we're we've survived. We're trying to carry on. We're right, trying right. to do, and and with you, like we can do it together. You know, yeah. This this is this is stark, and and. Like from the point of someone who's kind of brainwashed and hmm. it's, it's, it's very uncomfortable. It's a very good song, but it's very uncomfortable. It is. It really does feel like if you look at this pamphlet and, and you see these illustrations that I was talking about, they're just so, they're, they're horrifying in their simplicity. It's like, yeah. okay, in your house, here's where you want to create your fallout room and here's where you want to create your inner shelter. And then it has a little pen line drawing of a of a family calmly walking into their little tiny bunker in their home that they've made out of their couch. And it's just like, yeah, absolutely the most horrifying thing you could imagine. I just found it. I'm going to drop it into the show notes for everybody if you're interested. Great. It's, it's very it's very horrifyingly interesting. And there's something very un passionate dispassionate about the way that he describes this this event it's very matter of fact it's it's very it's, like it's very matter of fact and, and and i think that that the tone of that i think is is intentional going off the pamphlet sure yeah it's this is gonna happen be ready for it yeah here's what to do period yeah nick is this a song that you jam out to when this comes on in your in your car on your acd that you've wrestled out of its plastic case using your teeth going 90 on the freeway and stuck into your CD drive. Is this one that you're like, ooh, yeah, protect and survive? 
It it wasn't one.、Mm. Like a lot of this album, actually. Sure. Most of this album was one that I just kind of glossed over. None of it really stuck. None of it really stood out. But going into each one, deep diving and and really learning about the the lyrics, that's what's really pulling me into this album. Yeah, totally, totally. It's it is fascinating. Pre this this album, during this this experience we're we're having, what? <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. Uh huh. What What was your thought on Protect and Survive? Did you have anything? Was it? I mean, it's the opener of side side B. Oh, you know, right.、So、interesting. Like, well, I'm, you know, and I always I listened to it on CD, so I didn't have that kind of B side flip over experience. But valid. There are a number of songs on this album that I really, truly enjoy and really do get excited when they come on. This is not particularly one of them. It's one that I always just was sort of like, uh huh, here it is, cool. Yeah. I never really listened to the lyrics or tried to figure them out, but but I do enjoy the music. I, there there are a number of musical aspects of the song that I enjoy. I don't think, as a whole, it's one that that gets me that gets me bum a shaken. Yeah, it's. I think it's more, in in for me personally, I think it's more appreciated based on the lyrics in the context and the presentation of the lyrics musically. It's not bad musically. I mean, the the instrumentation is great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's some really cool elements to it. That organ. Oh my god, the the that synthy organ, the synthesizer, yeah, so foreign and scary feeling. It's so ominous. It reminds me about why the synthesizer was such a cool new thing when it came on. It's like, oh my gosh, listen to these sounds that you can make. No one had、yeah. ever heard that sound before. Yeah, maybe you could get something out of a pedal for the guitar, maybe, but nothing that clean and that digital, that、yeah. electronic sounding. I mean, it's just, it's so fabulous. Yeah, it's also interesting to note that the guitar follows the melody of this song along with Ian for most of it. Most of the time that he's、oh. singing, the guitar is right there with him in the background, doing the same melody line. Where while the Synthesizer is playing counterpoint, which is a little bit of a different setup than than what we typically have with Tull. Yeah, I didn't notice that. I like that a lot. The whole the whole song musically is is so it's set up very very nice with all the instruments. Like I can hear them all. They all have their own kind of little piece that they're playing, and they all really add to it. I can't I can't imagine pulling any one of those instruments out and thinking that the song would be just as good. I agree. There's also a really stark contrast between the instrumental portion and the verses. Yeah, with the flute there, it's so manic, and it's in a totally different time signature. The, the、ah. verses are in kind of a fast four. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. One, two, three, four. Two, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Dun, two, two, two. One, two, three, four. One, two, three. The instrumental is in some kind of completely godless <laughs> high maths time signature that that has no no base in any in any kind of、uh, natural formation. It's it's Cthulhu time, yeah. Yeah, it it might be. It can only be conducted by an octopus on、yeah. Ritalin. Yep. 
A rocktopus. A rocktopus. Speaking of just dark and scary, the bass is very prominent in here. Bass yes. is great. Dave Pegg's bass in here. Mark Craney's drums, wonderful. Very yeah. splashy. He's got some very fun notes in here. He's There's this one point a couple of times where he hits a... I don't know if it's a tom. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's that almost metallic sound. Yeah, it's very peculiar. I can't quite place it. Me neither. Maybe it's a really tight tom or it's not a snare. I met a very tight tom in college. Yeah? Mm. He uh, introduced you to a lot of things. Fond memories. Every time you pee, fond memories. (laughs) (laughs) Too far. Too far. That's what Tight Tom said. That's, oh, not far enough. So that's all I have for music. What about the intro? Shall we speak to the intro? Just the intro of the song? Yeah, how does it go? Oh. Is that, is that how it very much, is that the very start of it? Yeah. Let me just see. I got it right here. Hang We started playing at exactly the same time, and it was like, Gah. super stereo, uh, a four four dimensional four dimensional stereo. stereo. Nick, why don't we jump into the into the lyrics? Yeah, I've got I've got way more interest in the lyrics. Okay, again, again, music great. I'm very impressed with the music. Way more interested in the lyrics though. They said, "Protect and you'll survive," but our postman didn't call. <laughs> yes. They said. And, you know, that uh, clearly that goes back to the pamphlet. Yeah. This is how to protect your family and thus survive a nuclear attack. Right. Is it is it protect yourself and survive? Is that that's that's what it's saying? Here? It's it. Yeah. To in order to yeah. survive, you have to protect yourself. You need to protect yourself. Right. Without knowing that this pamphlet was a thing, that it was titled this, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't quite grasp that. I don't think. Mm. I mean, I get the general idea of it, and I certainly get the gist of the song itself, sure. but without knowing that real specific detail, the title Protect and Survive never quite made sense to me. Because protect, to me, you don't protect yourself. You protect. You would be protecting someone else. But, I mean, I guess I can see it, but... Well, it yeah, kind of goes, it, it kind of is, it kind of folds in on itself, because in order to protect other people, you have to survive first. Sure, sure. It's It's... Put put on your your air mask before you put on your kid's air mask. Exactly. Yeah. But the postman didn't call. Right. This is this next one is like, oh my god, these really dark, dark, but so matter of fact lines that he throws in here. Eight pounds of overpressure seemed to glue him to the wall. Overpressure wave. Of overpressure wave. So, Nick, what is overpressure? I'm assuming it's just the 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 force blasting out, like the, just the, the, the air for the the air being moved yeah. at such a force. Also, I think called a shock wave. Sure, you know, right. and you see yeah, videos yeah. of these things where it's you know you see the blast over here, and before anything else arrives, it's like you said that wall of air that just yeah. can destroy things in its path, move objects. It's very frightening. Yeah, and. And before anything else arrives, including the sound. 
Right, right, like right. The, the you you it it tears through through stuff before the sound of the explosion even hits yeah. half the time. And then you know, and then it gets even darker. EMP took out the radio. So that's electromagnetic pulse. That's one of the byproducts of a nuclear uh, a nuclear explosion. Right. That's just an added bonus. That's not even that's not even built into it. Well, and one of the things that is so ironic to me about that is that in this pamphlet, it's not quite as long as I thought, but it says, you know, here are the here are the five essentials for survival in your fallout room. The first is drinking water. The second is food. The third is portable radio and spare batteries. So it's, you know, the pamphlet yeah. saying, hey, make sure you have a radio because that's how we're going to communicate to you when it's safe to come out and what's happening. Right. And Ian is saying one of the first things that happened in this event is the, the radio got knocked out by the EMP. Yeah, but if if the radio's not on, it survives, right? Like, I don't really no know. There's no electric charge running through. Yeah, I don't know either. But yeah, I mean, these all of these little... Ugh, and our milkman didn't call. Flash blinded by the pretty lights. Didn't see his bottles fall or feel the warm black rain arrive. so graphic and it's so i'm gonna say it again it's just so matter of fact he's just listing yes. and it's that's where this that's where this brainwashed feel feeling comes from mm. that it's like it's okay i i protected and i survived these other people did not yeah for for one reason or another now what do i do I'm still waiting i'm ready for you to tell me what to do you told me if i survive we'll get through this what do we do next? Have you ever seen the 1983 film The Day After? I don't think so, no. It's an incredible and very disturbing piece of cinema. Yeah, it sounds... I, I've definitely heard of it before. It was written right around this time. It was It was written... Started writing the script in 81. And... Yeah. It's really kind of a thought experiment. It's called the day after because it, it most of it follows the day after a transatlantic nuclear attack. It takes place mostly in Kansas. Oh, interesting. And, okay. And it mostly doesn't, you know, it's not like we have to stop the nukes and save the world. You know, it's not like it's not like from the perspective of the military, the president or any of the, the heroes. It's literally like some doctors and some farmers yeah. who are like, okay, this thing has happened. What do we do now? Right. How do we survive this? And yeah. there's a scene that that sticks out to me. Well, one thing, one one part of it is that there are a lot of people who are dialing. Who are there are a lot of people in the film who are dealing with blindness from the flash of of the light, and you see the doctors yeah. treating them, and the doctors, you know, are their skin is falling off because of the radiation poisoning, and they're still trying to treat the people who are. I mean, it's it's so bad because people can be irradiated too. Yeah, but there's this one scene in which there's a you know it's maybe a week after and there's this agricultural group of farmers who are meeting and one of them is is like the local official who has the booklet out and is saying all right this is what the government 
booklet says to do yeah. for farming. We have to scrape off the top two feet of topsoil, <sighs> which is poisoned, and start planting yeah. crops in the next bit of soil. And it's important to do that as soon as possible. And one of the farmers is like, excuse me, what is the point of any of this? Like, are any of us going to survive to harvest any crops, let alone how do we remove the first two feet of topsoil? Yeah. You know, and, the, and it's this contrast of kind of, you know, this person trying to just do the thing that they're supposed to do and go through to help the survival of the community. And someone else just pointing out the obvious, like, nihilist, you know, horrible tragedy of it all and being like, what are we doing here? We're all going to die anyway. Yeah. Some some notable stars of the day after were Steve Gutenberg, John Lithgow, and Wayne Knight. That's exciting. Steve Gutenberg. I love his printing press. <laughs> yeah, but he did that before he started acting. Oh, yeah. 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 Multiple, multiple talents. Also, along the same vein of, of nuclear disaster, uh, I highly recommend Chernobyl on HBO. Oh. Very dark and scary and graphic and real, but also like some amazing, amazing television as well. The reference to the warm black rain. I believe that is a, a phenomenon that happens after nuclear blast sometimes because the, the rain is warm because of the, uh, the immense heat yep. released by the blast. And it's black because of all the ash that's in the air. Yeah. And traditionally, and, and rain... Most rain forms around something. It forms exactly. around dust. So the as that, that microscopic dust goes in the air, you're much more likely to get rain if there's enough humidity. And with all that heat and change exactly. in pressure, there's a good chance that you're going to be creating storm fronts and, and air pressures and stuff like that. And of course, it's massively toxic. And also the next line, big friendly cloud builds in the West. And our dust men haven't called. Our Dust men. I know that's like the garbage man, but still dust, choosing dust there. They left the dual carriageway at 100 miles an hour, a tailwind chasing them away. So that 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 line actually has a little bit of ambiguity to me. Is it that they were they saw it coming and they drove away? Right. Or is it that they were knocked off the freeway by the oh, the shockwave? They were blown out, yeah. And either one works. It does, yeah. I thought I took it as the first one that they like they were one of the few people who like got away. I'm sure they didn't get away right. and survive, but they were they they weren't like blown into the wall. Well, and it's interesting, you know, that this reference to the the paperman, the postman, the dustman, the milkman. One of the, you know, we talked uh, we talked a little bit about this in in Filingdale Flyer, which was the that was part of the four minute warning system. Sure. Yeah. So this whole thing is predicated on the thing of like. Okay, you have four minutes to get home. If you're a milkman, you can't get home. Yeah, you you find the closest place. Hopefully, the house you're at has room in there. But then, but but then you get in. I mean, there's an episode of the Twilight Zone, I think, that has to do with the setting as a backyard barbecue. Oh, I know where this is going. Yeah, have you seen this one? I haven't, but I, I'm I'm pretty sure I know where this is going. 
And it's just, it starts out, it's just totally casual American, you know, backyard barbecue. And the couple who's, who's hosting the barbecue is saying, oh yeah, you know, we just installed this really state-of-the-art nuclear shelter. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, that's so cool. And, you know, some of the guests are like, oh, you wankers, you know, how can you blow your money on that? And then at the party, the nuclear warning system goes off and they're like, you have four minutes. And it immediately devolves into who can come into the shelter and is, is, do we have enough space for everyone who's here? And no, of course we don't. And so how do we choose? And then, right. you know, physical violence breaks out and it, it, it's, it, it just devolves into the worst of human behavior. Right. Yeah. For, for survival. Exactly. And then at the end of the yeah. episode, the radio comes on and it's like, this has been a test of our nuclear warning oh system. Oh my <laughs> God. I didn't, I did not expect that. Ugh. Yeah. So they, then they have to live with the consequences. Yeah. Yeah. But like you stop, you, you, you create and you stock your shelter for X number of people. Yes. Yes. Anyone else, any second, any extra mouth will put a burden tank on that. your survival possibility. Yeah. So, I mean, this is really the, a fertile ground for works of science fiction and, and thought. It's scary. It's mysterious. It's it's a realm that we have absolutely no control over. And even in the best of circumstances, survivability is a lo- life is completely changed, and survivability plummets. Oh yeah. So yeah, it is. It is. It is fodder, especially for for around that era when yes. it was such. It was on on the consciousness. Yes. You know, I'm sure in, in public discourse in. In five years, we're going to see a whole lot of of epidemic and disease and and pandemic-y stuff. Uh, ugh, how dull. <laughs> You're supposed to say why. What's going on? <laughs> and then the next, the next verse kind of goes into that whole bunker question. In deep shelters lurk below sub-regional control. Who sympathize but cannot help to mend your body or your soul. In You know, this idea that there's this disparity between the people who are reading this pamphlet being like, well, darling, if we move the couch over here and put a sheet over it, we'll have our yeah our fallout shelter. And the people who are, you know, who've had a state-of-the-art military bunker that they have access to built. The people who published the, the pamphlet. Right, yeah. exactly. And so they're going yeah. to, as the, as the lyrics say, pop up when the all-clear signal Sounds, which is another part of the pamphlet saying you have to stay in your shelter until you get the all clear. Self-appointed guardians of the race with egg upon their face. Self-appointed guardians of the race with egg upon their face. Right. It's like, right. These are the people who ultimately caused this nuclear war. And they're the people who are, who have the best chance of survival. We're able to survive it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just to note, that's the bridge, too. That's a different, that the sound changes completely when he sings that. Mm, that's a really good point. Everything slows down, yeah. And then we go, we have that one final verse, picks back up again. The speed, the the manic, all the instruments kind of blending and piercing. So I watch two new suns spin. And so I watch two new suns spin. Two new suns. Is that 
the flash? Is that the explosion? I'm not sure what that is. I think that refers to the real sun and the explosion, which is the which has the force of the of the sun. But it's two new suns. Yeah, I know. So is There's it like is it like str- is it burned in his eyes so like he could still kind of see them? Oh, that's interesting. One in each eye, maybe. I don't oh, know. That's a good one. And it is so powerful that you know, if you if you're outside, even if you close your eyes, you can still go blind because the light penetrates yeah. your eyelids. Yeah. Burnt shadow printed on the road. This is one of the most disturbing. They found the sh- the shadows of humans in Hiroshima and yes. Nagasaki. That it was. I, I don't even know how that works. It must have been something like stopping the particles. So my right? understanding of it is that I there's one or, there's one of two things that's happening. I'm not sure which it is. One of them is that the light is so strong that it bleaches right yeah any surface that it comes in contact with. But uh-huh. if there is a human figure there or any kind of a figure there, yeah, the shadow that it casts as that human figure is being burnt away yeah. is enough to change the amount of light that hits that surface. Yeah. And so you get a a darker spot where the human shadow was. I think that's how it works. Yeah, that's that's my guess. But is, is there a different? No, I think that's it. I, I think the other one doesn't actually make any sense. It reminds me, it's not the same process, but it reminds me of, you remember, you know, in, in upstate New York in the, when it's winter, do you remember winter, Nick? I've been living in it for the last, uh, last two months. Then it should be fresh in your memory. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in the winter, you occasionally find like a maple leaf that will fall onto the snow if it falls off a tree uh-huh. and it can absorb the sunlight and sink into the snow because it heats up while the rest of the snow is reflecting it and it collects heat and actually melts a little bit into the show. Oh, sure. And then it can be blown away. And so sometimes you'll find a maple sheep, a maple leaf shaped leaf spot. Leaf imprint in the yeah. snow. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit. It t- to me, it's like Ray's doing this thing now called cyanotype. Oh. So it's like, it's basically like you're taking f- photography chemicals, I think. Okay. And she she puts like so she'll treat the paper with the chemicals and she'll put like leaves down or feathers Mm -hmm. and then put a UV light over the top of it and let it sit for half an hour or whatever the exposure is. And everything that doesn't have the leaf or the, the feather or whatever on it turns this like deep, deep, like blue, this gorgeous blue and everything else has this this perfect outline of white underneath it. So it's it's the leaf or it, she did this really gorgeous one with feathers where you could see like the individual fronds of the feather. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's really, really cool stuff. I wonder if she might have some of it up on her, on her site, ravenmcgill.com. But I know she's really big into it lately. So uh, check out her her Instagram. She really is an amazing artist and, and really doing some very innovative techniques. So I did I did look it up and it and it is the it is the the heat and the irradiation the UV radiation from the blast mm. changes the color of surfaces but if that surface is protected by a burning human body sure yeah as it's vaporized it, that's how the shadow is created so 
and, and I'm going to piggyback one more time. Go to Raven Raven.McGill on Instagram and her post from two days ago. So February 15th, you can see the feathers and the cyanotype. It's it's gorgeous. It's so cool. Highly recommend uh, checking that out. Very neat. Very neat indeed. Anything else about Protect and Survive, Omen? Man, it's just so depressing. Nick, the danger with this project that we're doing is that we are learning. I never want to stop learning. I never wanted to begin. (laughs) So here we are. Here we are. No one's happy. One staunch ignorance and one staunch interest combined into this podcast. I'm sure I've told you this before, but one of my favorite lines from The Importance of Being Earnest by Oscar Wilde uh-huh. is where Lady Bracknell is grilling one of the young guys and she's like, in my opinion, a young man should know either everything or nothing. Which do you know? And he says, I assure you, Lady Bracknell, I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> God, that play is so good. You know, Nick, the threat of nuclear war was still quite in the public consciousness when we were children. I think so. Yeah, I think that's that's safe to say. But it seems to have at least it is not at least it is not so much in the public discourse or maybe it is just simply overwhelmed by all the other horrible things that we're worried about. Yeah, I mean, it feels like it's taken kind of a, a back shelf to all of the other stuff that's going on. I mean, pandemic aside, just like like geopolitically, I yes. mean, freaking Russia's about to to invade Ukraine, but they're obviously not using u- nukes, you know. At the at the time of recording. Yeah. Yeah, oh by the time you listen to this, Russia will have invaded Ukraine. They're not doing nukes, you know. No, but on the other hand, we have States like Iran and North Korea that we have worries about becoming nuclear capable. But it does it does seem like it's less of a daily concern than it was in the early 1980s, for instance. You know, I think there was a there was a bit of a scare about it with North Korea a couple of years ago. Yeah, every couple of years, I feel like there's a little spike. Yeah, but I wasn't there. What's it called? There was like peanut butter. There was kind of. Oh, it's peanut butter. Thank God. All right. Good night, everyone. There there, there was 90s, early 2000s where everybody like agreed, quote unquote, like, yes, we're going to get rid of our nukes. Yes, yes, yes. Nuclear disarmament has been- Disarmament. There it is. Yeah. A project for a long time. However, nuclear proliferation still very much is happening. Yeah. And so there, you know, I think the efforts- People's concerns and the way that they voiced their concerns in the 80s and 90s and 70s and 60s about nuclear war has, to some extent, resulted in the reduction of the nuclear arsenal to a certain extent. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, I think I I remember even concerns about China with missile silos and and testing and satellites seeing new new silos crop up or being built. You know, it's it's it is. It is humanity, so it is an ever-present thing. Speaking of worries and things, you know what I learned, which is kind of fun? Please tell me what you learned. That is kind of fun. There is an international agreement about Antarctica, the continent of Antarctica. There's an international agreement between, I think, maybe all countries to not put any military installations or do any war on Antarctica. It is officially a peaceful continent. 
We will not do any war on Antarctica. Excuse me, sir. Are you doing a war? No, no. <laughs> no, no. Military exercise. Oh, yeah. But isn't that really a war? No, no. Military. No, but you're not. You're not even allowed to do military exercises. Oh, that's good. Not even setups. Not not one. Don't don't think about a push up. Don't even run. Everybody has to walk on Antarctica. Can't play chess. <laughs> it's it gets violent. It does. No caber tossing. Was that a war game? Caber tossing was one of those things that the that the English were like, right? You Scots, you can't do any war. And they were like, all right. What are the most warlike things we can do? How about throwing <laughs> trees? Very good. And the English were like, hey, are you doing a, a warlike thing, throwing your trees? And they're like, ah, no, it's just a national sport. You just have to yell really loud when you throw it. It's heavy. And the English said, right, carry on. Carry on. That's, that's fine then. They're throwing trees in a peaceful manner. The English did not take over a single country after that happened, so. They did Great. not. They didn't they didn't take over Scotland anymore. Well that's I mean there's that at least. Shall we toss the cabers of our minds forward to next week and mention what we are talking about tall wise next week? Yes, next week we are tossing about batteries not included. Ah. Ooh. A fun lighthearted ditty. Or is it? Find out next week. <laughs> it's a mystery and it's terrifying. Until next week, why don't you consider us a big friendly cloud? And through that friendly cloud, you can see five stars. Go to Spotify if you listen to enough Spotify and they allow you to give us five stars. Go to Apple Podcasts. Go to your podcatcher wherever you listen and rate us. And review us. I see on iTunes now, I can't see the reviews, mm -hmm. but I see on iTunes now, we have a 4.9 out of 5. Who? What? Who gave us I see, a 5? I, I think a single 1, a single 2, and a couple of 3s and 4s. Mostly 5s, but I can't see them. It kills me. It kills me. When you prepare your fallout shelter, remember these essential items. Food tin opener, and a subscription to the Talk Tall to Me Patreon to keep you amused in those long, dark hours where you can chat with other tall aficionados in their countries of origin. That's right. Everyone can enjoy the worldwide nuclear holocaust together in our Discord. Until next week, I am the three and a half gallons of survival water, Omen Said. <sighs> and I am the tailwind chasing him away, Nick McGill. This is a lean-to made of sloping doors taken from rooms above, feckless momes. And we sympathize, but cannot help. We are Talk Tall to Me. Is that... Oh, goodness. I believe... Yes, yes, those are the air raid sirens there. I believe a, a nuclear blast is imminent. Oh, yes, Gerald. You can see it through the window. There's a massive dust cloud rising. Margaret, shall we... Uh, shall we retire to the shelter? Yes, I suppose so. Oh, Gerald. 
What are Margaret? we forgetting? Oh, let us not forget a, a little light reading. <laughs> oh, no, fetch, protect, and survive, would oh, you? here's the booklet. Here it is. Okay. <laughs> so charming. I, I just love this color. All right. Um, Gerald, Gerald, pay attention. Don't look at the lights. Goodness me, it's it's so distracting. Yes. Um. Uh. uh let us. Uh, uh. Let's see what we have here. All right. Uh, do we have mm. our? Do we have our our food in choosing? Uh, including stock, sugar, jams, and other sweet foods. Well, I've got foie gras and pate and caviar and uh, oh, d- uh, don't forget, I've got toast points. Oh, is it, lovely! Does that work? Did you bring the powdered milk? Um, I brought the powdered gin. Oh, perfect! Wonderful! That's lovely. Oh, and a good thing too, because I'd just seen the milkman vaporize. Oh, dreadful, Ooh. dreadful. What a way to go, Teddy. What a way to go. I guess we'll never have to tell him that his wife was having an affair. How ironic, isn't it? That? Is, it is, it yeah. is. Uh, let's see, warm clothing. I brought my favorite nighty, the one that you like, Gerald. Ooh, ooh, doesn't cover much, but it certainly keeps me warm, I'll tell you that. <laughs> those, those Russians will certainly be sad to... Lose the view of these. Ah. <laughs> ah, and what else? And next on the checklist is the pooping bucket. Oh, um, yes. Uh, we, uh, I don't. I don't poop, Margaret. Do you? No, no. Not not since 1973. All right, we don't. Not need since it. we were married. We don't need a loo bucket. No, no. It's very, very unglamorous. Now, what about this priceless bust of Charles de Gaulle? Is that on the list? I can never remember. I don't think it is, but aren't we allowed personal items? Uh, uh, um, let's see. Uh, Vaseline, a uh, box of dry uh-huh. sand, uh, mm-hmm. uh, plastic gloves, toys and magazines. I suppose it's a toy. Yeah, we'll consider it a it's toy. A toy. I, uh, cho- who, who could forget Charles de Gaulle? Who, who it, it, could forget Charles de Gaulle? Oh, uh, a hero from another age, truly. Oh, and there goes the school up in flames. Oh, there it is. And now those kids will not be out in the yard screaming and playing. I, so I suppose I something good came from this. I think we're going to have our first peaceful weekend in 17 years, Gerald. Oh, it'll be so quiet. What else? What else do you, uh, do, do you see on that list? Are we forgetting anything else, But Margaret? it does say that you should bring something for your personal amusement... Oh, all right. Are we not considering Charles de Gaulle? Well, it's only so far he can take me, darling. (laughs) That's, that's, uh, I know, we've tried many a time. Ooh, you know, I was going to use this box of old podcasts to prevent the radiation from seeping in through the chimney, but I suppose we could re-listen to Talk Tull to Me. Oh, yes, indeed. Indeed, you know, they prevent scurvy, they keep you from going insane. That's right. And on top of that, they are in fact a proud member of the Feckless Moms Audio Network. That's right, Gerald. And we can burn them for warmth. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Finally come to some use. Gerald, I believe I'm disintegrating. Oh, is that what that smell is? Yes. Oh. Well, it's been it's been great. At least you got to wear the nighty one more oh, time. Yes. Goodbye, Gerald. Mm. Goodbye. Goodbye.